Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. Thank you for joining us for this half hour. Now, let's talk. Welcome to the program, listeners. Tyler Friel with you on WISR 680 AM 107.5 FM. This is Let's Talk, our half hour where we sit down and have a chat and conversation with local businesses, nonprofits, and other organizations in our area. Today is our chat with Family Pathways, and our guest is Dr. Ellen Walter-Lewis, the founder of Family Pathways, along with Emma Fisher, who is Access and Visitation Specialist with Family Pathways as well. We will get to them in just a moment, but as always, we always thought like to do a little bit of housekeeping here on the Let's Talk program. So if you can stick around for our full half hour, don't worry, we have you covered. You can go online. WISR680.com is where you can stream all of our past programs, including all of the Family Pathways shows. Just go under programs, find Let's Talk, and that is where you'll be able to find Family Pathways. You can listen to today's conversations and previous conversations we've had in the past. And also now, Family Pathways, or Family Pathways, well, this show family with pa- Family Pathways is on Spotify, but Let's Talk is on Spotify as well. So if you have the Spotify app on your phone, just search for Let's Talk, WISR, and that's where you can find today's program. So with that, we bring in our guest. It is Dr. Ellen Walter-Lewis and Emma Fisher. Ladies, thanks for joining the show, and welcome to the program. Good morning. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. So, Ellen, I will start with you uh, just for a rundown. People, I'm sure, have heard Family Pathways. We've had you on the show before. But if you could just give us a brief rundown and description as to what exactly is Family Pathways. Well, Family Pathways is a program designed for Butler County, the Butler County community. And we offer a wide array of services, including outpatient mental health, Uh, legacy services which go into the home and help families Um, we have adoption services which are also known as permanency services and we have um, foster care and kinship services we also added the training institute which offers um, a lot of opportunities for meeting and training for the community so we really work to design family pathways to address the various needs of the Butler community. So you had mentioned one of the services, and that's really going to be our focus uh, on our conversation today, permanency services. This is uh, what is also known as adoption services, but we want to uh, focus on something called post-permanency services. And Emma, that's where I'll go to you on this. If you want to describe what that means to our listeners. Yeah, so post-permanency services are a free service to families to work on anything that comes with raising a child, whether that's you need help connecting with needs for your family, um, respite help, or support group help. Um, so that's what we focus on with post-permanency services, and that's open to anybody that has adopted a child, um, has legal guardianship or custody of a child that is not biologically theirs. So whenever it comes to adoption, this is a conversation I'm always interested in because there does seem it's a very fruitful and a a tremendous venture for families to undertake. But I'm sure it comes with some challenges. And inherently, that seems to be what the post-permanency services are about is a way to help families get through some of those challenges that they may or may not have expected whenever they adopted or take over uh, legal guardianship of a child. Yeah, and so that's why we break it into three separate parts with post-permanency. So we have the case advocacy where we step in and we can help them connect them with services or resources that the family could use. 
um, whether that be like therapy, family therapy, um, support groups, camps, anything like that. Um, and then that goes into our support group part where we connect them with families that have experienced a lot of the same struggles that they're going through and they can sit down um, in a safe setting and talk with them with also the help of us workers to give them advice on how to handle situations and things like that. Um, and then we also have respite that is an opportunity to strengthen them and the family, whether that is like a date night for the parents to get out of the house, um, summer camps, we can help them in paying for those types of things that they wouldn't be able to do on their own. It's more of like bonding time for the family. Ellen, how important was it for you uh, with Family Pathways and how important is it for the organization to make sure that you guys offer a service like this uh, to the community? Because, you know, was it common to have adoption services 25 years ago where these resources were out there for, for folks and families who had went the, the route of adoption? Well, Butler County did not have its own adoption agency when we started Family Pathways, and we were the first one services um, to come to Butler County many moons ago, and I think it was in 2002, in fact. So what our goal was was to offer a full array of SWAN services, and SWAN is the statewide adoption and permanency network that is supported by um, the Department of Public Welfare and Human Services in Pennsylvania. So we really worked hard to lay a foundation and become a leader in adoption services in the state of Pennsylvania. We are frequently highlighted as for our innovation. And one of the things we wanted to do was make sure that we had those supports in place after adoption because adoption can be a difficult process. And, you know, when the, when the papers are signed, everything doesn't just become perfect. You still support services and, you know, anybody who's raising a child knows even without adoption involved, it can be a difficult process. So we wanted all of these supports in place for families. Again, and our, it doesn't, go ahead. It doesn't be um, adopted through child welfare. This can be an international adoption. It can be a kinship um, placement, and it can be permanently legal custodianship, and all the services are free. So it's a great resource. Yeah, I think that's a really important uh, point to make that this is open for not just one specific type uh, of adopted family, but you're saying this is open for a whole host uh, of eligible individuals. Yes, and it comes in, it's, it's a very useful resource because, you know, some of these children need uh, support with socialization and we can pay for summer camp and we can pay for them to go to horse camp and different activities that, you know, really help them get involved with the community. I want to talk a little bit about, and Emma, you had mentioned some of these services, but I want to dive into it a, a little bit more about case assessment. So if you do hear from a family or a service that reaches out to you, walk me through what that case assessment process look like. looks like. What are you guys looking for? What does that entail uh, when it comes to assessing a case? 
Yeah, so what they start out by doing is you call our Swan hotline, so it's 1-800-585-7926, and Swan will then send the referral over to us, and we get that assessment started immediately. Um, Typically the same day that we get that referral, we go out with the family, we go over some general, like, questions, where do they think that they need help, Um, where can we help to strengthen their bond as a family, Um, And after that assessment is done, then we get started really diving into what they really need as a family. And that could be, that goes into the case advocacy, the support group and the respite. So the assessment's really just like a quick one day thing. And then from there, we work with that family moving forward until they don't need our help anymore. When you hear from families, are there typical cases? Are there certain examples that would lead a family to to call that SWAN uh, number again, 1-800-585-7926. Are there typical cases or does it vary from family to family? It really varies. Um, sometimes we have situations where families don't exactly know how to um, talk to their children about adoption or about birth families or keeping a birth family connection. Um, a lot of situations are they just need resources and helping to get them into therapy or family therapy because a lot of times when you're by yourself, it's a little harder to get into those things. But if you have somebody like us in your corner that's really like fighting for that and giving you those resources, it typically goes a lot faster of a process for them. Um, and so that's really a big benefit of it. When it comes then to case advocacy, as you said, you get in, you do the evaluation, you do the assessment case advocacy and you mentioned it briefly a little bit but if you want to dive in uh, a little bit more to some of the services that are out there or where family pathways could connect families and some of the services that they could access if they go this route yeah so a lot of times case advocacy i've helped a lot of situations with case advocacy of helping them get into um like camps for the kids with certain needs um therapy is a big one a lot of families struggle to get into therapy Um, or understand like what types of therapy their children would need moving forward. So that's where we really step in to um, go over that assessment, see what their needs are, and then we make the recommendation of what type of therapy we think that the child could use and stuff. So case advocacy is really just like connecting to those resources and services and getting them into that. Alan, how have you seen the resources grow uh, for permanency services, you know, from Again, 25 years ago, how much more is out there for these families to access? Well, that is the reason I actually started Family Pathways. I worked for um, Butler County Children and Youth, and we really, 25, 30 years ago, had no support services. And that was a personal mission of mine to go out and develop these services. And Family Pathways is a trauma loss and transition center. We um, have many of our therapists certified in trauma, and unfortunately, children in the adoption process are known to have um, experienced a lot of trauma in early childhood. So um, we have, you know, parenting services, uh, we have the support group, we have peer support. We really have worked uh, to bring services together for this population. You mentioned support groups. How important has that become for families to have? I mean, we we hear about support groups all the time for a variety of different things. But when you're talking about families who are going 
through this situation, uh, a new challenge that they've never been presented with before. How important is it for them to be able to utilize support groups in this process? Support groups are actually a huge benefit to them. It really helps with connection, engaging, and learning um, with other families that have experienced a lot of the same things that they're going through. But it also is for them to connect with their worker. Um, we do have it's not technically a support group, but like I do with one of my families to help support the mother, mostly um, a coffee date once a month with her, just me and her and one other mother to go over like some of the things that they really need to work on. And that is what we count as a support group also. But it also helps the kids because they're meeting with other children that have the same kind of stories that they do. And they can sit down and really talk with them and and have somebody to connect with that went through the same things that they did. Again, our guest, uh, Dr. Alan uh, Walter Lewis and Emma Fisher of Family Pathways. We're talking about post-permanency services here on the program today. Respite, uh, you've mentioned it uh, a little bit, but when you're offering these services, how important is this part? Uh, how important is this service for, for folks and families? Yeah, respite really helps them with bonding as a family. Um, they We have a fund that we use that can help them with anything that could get them out of the house and connect as a family, um, or just to get the kid out of the house um, and do summer camps that really the parents wouldn't be able to afford or going to like date nights for the family to get out of the house and we would then find somebody to watch the child and we would then pay them for that or we actually hold respite nights for children in the summertime where the parents can drop them off we're actually doing one coming up it's a glow party that we're throwing for the kids and the parents can drop them off for a couple of hours and go out and do a date night or something just to get away from the kids for a night. So respite's really a great opportunity to strengthen everybody in the family and give them some time to self-care. Is there, and Ellen, you kind of mentioned this, you know, are there any eligibility requirements? Is there any cost for families for, for these services? There are no costs, and it's free and confidential. Uh, they they just need to let us know their need and call the Swan Helpline, and um, that's 1-800-585-7926, and just let them know uh, that they feel that they need some post-permanency services, and then we'll begin the assessment process and get them involved. So I think the big help is that working with people that say this is normal. So many times these parents think that what they're experiencing is abnormal. Any parent has really faced challenges in rearing children. It's not, you know, it's not always because they were adopted. It's because they're just kids. And we like to help normalize the process and help families get through it. When you talk to families, again, we sit here, we discuss that, you know, if your family is going through a situation where you need to reach out and obtain these services, these services are there. But when you talk to families who have adopted, what is their overall uh, reaction uh, whenever they do have a child brought into their lives? And, and, you know, when you talk to these families, what, how, how do they feel after making this move? Well, typically, um, 
you know, I've been watching this process for 25 years now. Typically, uh, it, it's a struggle to get through the adoption experience. And when the child is adopted, <clears throat> many families want to just kind of shut their doors and exist as a family for a while. And then they come back out, they regroup, they need support, and they come back out and join in the post-permanency effort. It, it, it's kind of, you know, they face this big um, obstacle in, throughout the adoption, and now they're ready to work on their family. When you have, uh, you know, when you have these situations and you see that family grow and prosper after utilizing these services, what does it do for you guys as an organization to see uh, a, a family grow and, and you know continue uh, on a path to uh, being a loving family? That's what it's all about. That's what we're here for, and we are so pleased to have such great outcomes and. Uh, it's really wonderful when the child comes back or the parents come back 20 years later and talk about how they're still doing great, and that happens a lot. Again, our guests were talking Family Pathways, Dr. Ellen Walter-Lewis and Emma Fisher. We, I, Ellen, I keep throwing out this number of 25 years ago, 25 years ago, 25 years ago. It's not an arbitrary number, right? There's a special meaning behind 25 years ago for you, right? Well, that was, that was the day that Family Pathway started, and um, it's an important day for our organization and, and to kind of revisit the past and look how we've grown. And, you know, we recently added the Training Institute, and, and we're not done yet. It's, it's time to reflect and, you know, set new goals for the future and, and keep moving forward and making resources available for local families. That's that's my whole professional mission, and I have a great staff that is all about the same. It's, it's the culture here. Family is what we're about. And, Emma, have you found that to be the case uh, with Family Pathways when you work with Ellen, when you work with your colleagues? What has that atmosphere and working for Family Pathways meant to you? It's been a great experience. I have worked in the field for a couple of years now, and this is the first agency that I felt like is really a home and a family, and I just enjoy everything that I do every day. Um, you can come to Dr. Lewis with all kinds of new ideas all the time, and she's the first person to jump heads in, head in and really help us achieve what we want to achieve with our career and our future. Again, our guest family pathways, Dr. Ellen Walter-Lewis and Emma Fisher. I asked uh, about it a little bit earlier, Ellen, but if you could maybe speak to the fact of how you have seen just human services evolve that over the last quarter century, have we become a more open society to making these conversations, maybe not public, but we're more open to having these conversations about struggles with families, struggles with friendships, struggles with mental health. How have you seen that evolve over the last 25 years? Well, I, I think that we have been very lucky to live in Butler County because Butler County has built a social service support system far and above other communities. Now, we're regrouping. You know, COVID really impacted uh, the service systems in every community. And we're regrouping and 
redefining and rebuilding systems now. And I, I am always very proud of the work that's been done in Butler County uh, because with the collaborative and all the other um, units working together, it's really made a big difference in how um, the infrastructure works in this community. I also want to ask about uh, a festival uh, that you guys have coming up in September, Alan, if you want to elaborate on that. Well, we had a very unique opportunity to partner, and we're very much about um, foster parent recognition and recruitment. And we joined with the beekeepers of Armstrong, Butler, Clarion, and Indiana counties to put on a honey festival. And it's called Be Our Honey, Share Your Life. So we're going to put on a very large festival on September 30th. It will be um, at our training institute where you can look down and see it from the big Main Street Bridge. And we're going to be selling honey and doing a lot of activity together for families and and looking at, you know, this great partnership that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, and this is going to be our first year, but I think we're going to um, make this an annual event. And it's called Be Our Honey, Share Your Life. And we'll have carnival games, face painting, all kinds of honey treats. Um, it's, it's just going to be a wonderful event. And will that be free and open to the public? It will be free and open to the public. Very, very good. So, again, that date was September 30th at the uh, Family Pathways facility. Uh, as Ellen said, you can see it right from uh, the General Butler Bridge in Butler. You mentioned uh, all about trying to recruit foster families. Are, what is that need? I mean, how is that situation? Well, and when you're trying to recruit for families, what's the pitch? What, what, what do you tell them that this is why you should adopt? Well, I think that, you know, sharing your life is an important um, rite of passage for all of us. And these children need people to step forward and share their life with them. And um, it goes far beyond adoption. Many children just need a home for a couple months, maybe even a weekend. It doesn't always have to end in adoption, but we need a, a, an assortment of opportunities for children emergency opportunities. COVID was really, really hard on local families. And there are children in care that would have never been in care 10 years ago, uh, especially large um, sibling groups, you know, four or five kids at a time. And we need to make sure we have safe homes for these children. And um, it may not always end in adoption, but we need these opportunities for children to have safe, caring homes, and we're building the support for those families um, and the bio families to help them get back on their feet so they can maintain their children eventually in their own home again. So obviously the event on September 30th, I think, could be a good place for people to find out a little bit more information, but if people are looking to just have a conversation to see what it's about, where do they start that conversation at? 
Well, they can give us a call and we'll be happy. We have, you know, a packet of information we can share with them. But also we're going to have a matching event at the um, Honey Bee Festival so that they can go in and really get, um, it, we're going to have a matching event inside in the Honey Festival outside. So if they choose to go in and look at um, children that are available or talk to professionals to do the training, uh, it will be there for them. And then as you mentioned, which is kind of in the basis of our conversation, Family Pathways is there to help you begin those conversations. But once you start that process, that's what these post-permanency services are there to offer, that in case you do find some of the challenges or difficulties along the way, that these services are there for families and something that they can take advantage of. Yes, we have support groups that span the entire process, and we're always um, doing activities and other things with uh, um, resource families, foster families. So again, if you could throw the number out for our listeners for the uh, SWAN helpline uh, for people to begin that conversation. Yeah, so they'll just call one 585 7926 and they'll just ask SWAN to be connected to our agency, Family Pathways, and we'll get that referral right away. And Emma, in case uh, people are just joining us, if you just want to run through uh, one more time on those services that are offered uh, once people begin that conversation. Yeah, so it is, again, post-permanency services, which is a free service that helps assist people with case advocacy, support group, and respite services throughout and after their adoption process. Ellen, uh, on Family Pathways, uh, are you guys, uh, as, as an organization, uh, looking to hire? How is the uh, how is the organization overall uh, in terms of jobs? We have a couple openings right now. If um, we're looking for a couple licensed therapists, and um, we already have about twenty therapists, but the demand in the community is so great for services right now. And we also have um, an adoption um, facilitator opening and a permanency facilitator opening. So if you have a bachelor's degree in human services and really want to be trained about what families need in that area, give us a call. We have some openings. And as you mentioned, and Emma, you've kind of alluded to, this is a rewarding line of work when you see uh, the outcomes for families after going through the services. It's very rewarding very rewarding to be as helpful as we are uh again ellen family pathways if you could just offer uh just some overall information where you guys are located uh, as we uh, wrap up our conversation here uh what are the final things that people need to know about family pathways and the final things that people should know about post-permanency well family pathways is all about strengthening families that's our mission that's our goal um, we are here to help um, we really um, try to offer a wide array of services. If someone needs a specialized services, we're, we're not above developing that for those individuals. We really um, like to go above and beyond for families, and we will continue to do that as long as I'm here. And uh, it's actually uh, funny, the conversation coming up uh, a little bit, 
later we're um, talking with Jim Smith and Linda Toma for the Butler Collaborative for Families. That also seems to be a mission for Family Pathways is continuing to help entities make those connections and continue to grow uh, and offer resources to uh, people in the Butler community. Yes, I'm the founder of the collaborative. Well, congratulations. <laughs> they, they, they spoke very highly of you. <laughs> appreciate that. Um, about 30 years ago, I had an assignment, a gubernatorial appointment with um, the governor of the state of Pennsylvania, and they were looking at the benefits of community collaboratives, and I brought that information home. And it was originally called Butler Collaborative for Children, and then we expanded into Butler's Collaborative for Families. So that's been just a wonderful resource for this community. Absolutely. Dr. Ellen Walter Lewis and uh, Emma Fisher, Family Pathways. Ladies, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we always appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for having us. If you missed any of our conversation, you can check it out online, WISR680.com. It's the place to take care of that. Just look under the programs page and find Let's Talk. I'm Tyler Friel saying so long for now. You are listening to WISR. The information and opinions shared on this program are solely those of our guests and do not necessarily represent those of WISR, the Butler County Radio Network, or its staff and employees.